Good morning, middle family, and welcome. You've arrived. You're exactly where you need to be. Before we go any further, please join me in a deep, centering breath. Can you hear it? God's whisper on the wind? It's calling you, and all of us, more deeply into love. So come, let us join together and worship our God. to the screen. This message is for you. Today, we're going to talk about wait, the word- Wait, wait, wait. Miss Alicia, you forgot to introduce yourself. Ah, you're right. My name is Alicia Borbel-Kaleiko, but you can call me Alicia or Miss Alicia. I use she, they pronouns, and I'm the new children's education specialist here at Middle. <clears throat> and this is Snuggles. They use he, she, they pronouns, and they're one of my bestest friends. How's that? Much better. Okay, you can continue now. Today we're gonna talk about light. Snuggles, do you know what light is? I sure do. Let me just 
Almost there. Ah. Ta-da! Light. Thanks, Snuggles. Light helps us see things better and more clearly. Without a lamp in my room, I can't find my way to my bed. And without the moon at night, I can't find a lake to sleep in. Light also makes us feel warm. I love to sit and relax in my backyard when the sun is out during the day. And I love to cozy on up by a fireplace and rest my feathers there. Light helps us see more clearly and makes us feel warm. Snuggles, did you know that people can also be light? I don't think I understand, Miss Alicia. That's okay. Let me explain. This is author and activist Marley Diaz. She's 15 now, but she was just 11 years old when she started her social justice work. Marley noticed that she didn't see any characters who looked like her in the books that she read. So she started a campaign where she collected and donated 1,000 books with young black girls as main characters. Marley has done all this work and continues to do this work because she wants black girls to feel seen, heard, and cared for in the stories that they read. Marley is a light of the world because she helps us see more clearly and makes others, especially young black girls, feel warm and welcomed. I think I understand better now. That's awesome, Snuggles. You think you can name anyone else who is a light of the world? Mm. Oh, oh, I know. Jesus Christ. Yes, Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He came to earth to let everyone know how much God loves each and every one of us. That's why he gave us his greatest commandment, to just love. So, let us pray. Dear God, help us to be lights of the world like Marley Diaz and your son, Jesus Christ. Help us make your revolutionary love known to all. Amen. Amen. Now, let's go sing and dance. Okay. We are marching in the light of God. 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 We are marching. We are marching. We are marching in the light of God. Good morning, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Jackie Lewis, and I'm the senior minister here at Middle Church. I'm so glad that you're with us this morning for worship. And let me just tell you a little bit about how Middle is rising. It's been just over a month since our sanctuary burned down, uh, destroying the sanctuary and much of our sacred space. In that time, we have received hundreds, if not thousands, of love notes from people in the Lower East Side who think of Middle as their church because they came there for 12-step meetings or uh, conferences or concerts from people who joined the church from as far away as Paris and Ireland and from people all over the city, all over the nation who claim this place as their place, a place of revolutionary love where everyone's welcome just as they are as they come through the cyberspace 
or as they come through the door. The other day, I just um, finally had some time to sit down and look at some of the notes and responded to about 450 notes in my Facebook feed. And what I felt in that was the clear evidence that revolutionary love does not die in a fire. It rises like a phoenix. We've continued to do our amazing programming, worship, caring for the vulnerable, making sure we give grants to those who are in need, making sure we support Black Lives Matter. We are marching, even though we can't be in the streets, by offering trainings, like the one that Jay Mays will do on Tuesdays in January, about queer Black folks, queer trans folks. You can't miss this. It's going to be beautiful. And the Martin Luther King Day training that Anu Gupta, one of our young adults who've grown up in the church, and I will do on Sunday, January 17th, uh, right after worship. So make sure that you register for those and continue to march and learn uh, with us. And it's not too early to register for our Revolutionary Love Conference, which is April 15 to 18. We're talking about the courage to imagine, the courage to imagine a more perfect union. This week was devastating to, to watch um, an insurrection unfold right before our eyes. I was taken back to 2016 when the Women's March organized all over Washington, D.C., pink cats on men and women, children on soldiers, bumping into each other, sharing water bottles, carrying signs, behaving as though our love could perfect our union. That contrasted with the violent, enraged, mostly white entitled crowd that killed a police officer, um, an insurrection, encouraged, incited by a sitting president. As we prepare to pray, and as we think about middle rising, one of the things that I wanna make sure that we never do is we never lie about what's happening. Let's never say we've never been here before because we have. Let's never say this isn't America because in fact it is. My ancestors, my incredible, beautiful Black ancestors have been the target of enraged white people who feel like they're losing their, their power, their prestige. Ask our Jewish friends, ask our Muslim friends, ask women, ask poor white people, ask, ask Native Americans, ask, ask Hispanic people. This white power that is lodged in the disenfranchised white, male, mostly Christian, bunch of radically angry, disenfranchised folks, that white rage and that white grievance is dangerous. And if we don't tell the truth about it, we will never be able to reconcile it. So my prayer today is for the, is for the people who lost their, their, their way, the people who have lost their balance, the people who have lost their minds, <laughs> and for the rest of us, to really keep being truth tellers in a prophetic way that our tears will heal us and the truth will set us free. I often pray with my eyes open and if you feel comfortable doing so, I ask you to join me in a prayer that I've adapted a bit from St. Francis Assisi. Holy One, as we begin a new year in earnest, on the way to the inauguration of a new administration. God, I ask that you would make us, your people, 
instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred and enmity, help us to sow love and compassion and forgiveness. Where there is injury, where we've been hurt, where we've been wounded, help us to imagine that we also have wounded others, that we also have transgressed, and open our hearts to see a way toward forgiving their trespasses as we ask you to forgive us ours. God, where there's doubt, where we're not sure where you are or how to have a sure footing as we march the road to freedom, give us faith, God. Faith in each other, faith in love, faith in you who dared to come all the way down to be with us and to be one, one of us, to show us what love can look like, what a divine spark can look like. Have us. Help us to have faith, God, in your faithfulness. Where there is despair, and God, there is so much despair, help us to find hope, hope that enables us to put one foot in front of the other and lead with love, hope that is not a magic potion or magic trick, but hope that is based on the testimony of the witnesses that have gone before us, that know that we have come over a way that with tears has been watered and that you, God, can once again rescue your people and help us to rescue one another. Where there is darkness, and I'm not talking about the beautiful black darkness of your people that you've made beautiful and dark and brown, I'm talking about shadowy, ominous, lies, dishonesty, Trickery, malfeasance, where there is darkness, let there be light. God, shine light into it, the truth into it, the, the bold and brave truth into it. So we don't pretend that we're not seeing what we're seeing. We don't, we don't pretend that this isn't a fascist regime at work and we light our way to, to a new democracy. Divine partner, revolutionary lover, Grant us that we will not so much seek our own end, but we will understand in the spirit of Ubuntu that we are connected to each other, that our destinies are bound up together, that I'm not free until my neighbor is free. And let that be a part of our faith, the liberating of one another. Help us, Holy One, to be your hands and feet and heartbeat in this world, in this nation, right now, here and now, to begin again to make your reign come on earth. This is our prayer. Amen. And now, friends, I ask that you would join me in praying the prayer that Jesus taught his followers. Pray it the way you know it. Pray it in the language you learned it or join me in the inclusive version that you'll find here. Ever loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for yours is the reign. Yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Lingon? Heywa. Pas. Spakoli. Mir. Peace. Peace. Again, today's scripture found in Genesis chapter one, verses one through five. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of, a, of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness God called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. This is the word of God for the people of God. And there was evening and morning the first day. And since last Sunday, we've lived a million days. Am I right? 
Perhaps no one says it better than Anad Giradas. This week has nothing and everything to say. But let's start with this. As Jackie modeled in her prayer, it is important for us as people of faith, as people who follow a liberating, peace-seeking, justice-oriented God, to declare that the insurrection, sedition in DC this week, carried out by overwhelmingly white nationalists and supremacists, grossly dishonors God and does not resemble any stretch of the imagination of what it means to follow Jesus. If we are not specific about this, then we could end up carrying a Bible and a cross as we scale the Capitol wall. So let's be specific that we are talking about a God who condemns white supremacy and any caste or system or person who believes or acts like they are superior to another who is made equally in God's divine image. It is important to name that though we are wildly angry and sad, we aren't surprised because we know there has been an unholy alliance between white supremacy and Christianity for some time and that our nation invests far more in protecting this white supremacy than in national security, democracy, or even decency. We know this is what America is and that it doesn't have to continue to be who she is. It's important to meet this moment with intentionality, with seriousness, with our faith, our rage, our questions, all of our beings, or we succumb to it happening again. It's also important to name the ways that this week has made us feel. When the prophet Jeremiah heard the alarm of war, he writhed in pain. The walls of my heart are beating wildly, he said. I felt some of that on Wednesday. Did you? And more each time another news clip comes out. When I read how John Lewis's portrait was stolen from Stenny Hoyer's office, when I saw the officer's face crushed upon the glass, screaming for help. When I saw feet propped up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. When I saw the gallow. When I read about Chisholm Nebo, a 25-year-old black woman beaten by a Trump mob in LA. When I saw the Confederate flag hung outside the Museum of Jewish Heritage this week, in New York City, my heart pounded and it continues to pound. My eyes are watery and itchy because I can't pull them away from updates. My throat is sore from anxiety. My stomach is in knots. It's been hard to sleep and hard to wake up. When I think about what is next, I feel like throwing up. How is your body? Where are you feeling this week? Where is your pain located? How are you noticing it, tending to it, or worse, ignoring it? Resma Menachem writes about racialized trauma and the pathway of mending our hearts and bodies. 
Make no mistake, our bodies have been traumatized this week. And the bodies of all people of color hold centuries of racialized trauma. Our souls have been wounded by something he calls white body supremacy. White people, we are also harmed by white body supremacy. We too are wounded. And we will only collectively begin to heal when white people begin to understand this. Tend to your wounds, they are real. Notice your body this week. Don't try to rush emotions or feelings or reflexes out of them. Notice it all and take care of yourselves, your bodies, your souls. The lectionary passage for this Sunday is the very first in our holy book. And today it has a word for us about how we might be faithful in this week that leaves nothing and everything to say. The book of Genesis is the foundation for the theology of work. Starting with this very first verse, we learn that God is a creating God, a working God. As God bearers, then each of us, we have to ask, what is our work? That sounds a little exhausting after this week, but it's not so overwhelming when we remember that our work is to simply, simply lean into our spiritual disciplines because they teach us how to be, how to respond, how to manage. Our souls have been wounded. Therefore, it is soul work we must do. If we're white, we should start with confession. Let's confess that we are never completely absolved from the way whiteness forms us. Thereby, we are complicit in the white-centric narratives, friends, and systems that got us to this place. Yes, even if we didn't vote for him. The moment we as white people think that our work is done is the most dangerous moment of all. Let us confess where we have fallen short, and we have, and let us continue to work. Repentance will also serve us well right now. In addition to whiteness, Christianity, namely white evangelism, played a leading role in setting the stage for Wednesday's atrocities. Pulpits across this country amplify messages that conflate Christianity and white supremacy, Christian nationalism, and anti-Semitism. James Cone reminds us that until we identify Christ with a re-crucified black body hanging from a lynching tree, there can be no genuine understanding of Christian identity in America. And in a quote often attributed to Sinclair Lewis, when fascism comes to this country, it will come draped in a flag and carrying a cross. Yes, let us confess and let us repent. And let us rely on the spiritual discipline of lamentation, of weeping, of feeling the trauma in our bodies. Cole Arthur Riley, the creator of the Black Liturgist, wisely says, our hope can only be as deep 
as our lament. We need radical hope, so we must radically lament. Let's cry every day, how long, O oh Lord, how long? Let us rely on the spiritual discipline of celebration. It'd be good if I have a water, but of course I don't. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Dance, as Wesley encouraged us to do on New Year's Eve. Sing, play, celebrate that the first Black and Jewish senators from Georgia were elected to the 117th Congress. Celebrate that a Black preacher formed by liberation theology who will care about the least of these is in the United States Senate. Celebrate the decades of work Black and women of color did to get us to this moment. Be intentional in our celebration because it was not accidental that on the same day Warnock won, on the same day the first Black Indian woman was to be officially voted vice president, the insurrection occurred. The trigger for white rage, Carol, Carol Anderson teaches, is Black advancement. Therefore, we must hold our celebration with our anger. In the face of systems designed to silence us and run us down, our celebration is resistance. Let us confess, repent, lament, celebrate, and let us do the sole work of rest. Never forget that Sabbath is etched into the very fabric of how we work from the beginning. When are you sleeping? When are you simply being? Your rest is also holy resistance. And let us organize. Oh, you didn't know organizing was a spiritual discipline? Trust me, it is. You just may know it by its more traditional words like meditation, service, learning, study, reading. It's organizing. And lots of folks have been doing it well for a long time. Some like Stacey Abrams and Martin Luther King Jr., C.T. Vivian and Emma Gonzalez. But also some like Franklin Graham and Mitch McConnell and the thousands of voices on Parler and QAnon even right now. So what does God-centered organizing look like? It looks like diving into our holy texts, where we'll see that Amos equates justice for the marginalized and exposing idolatry greater than pious religious displays. Organizing looks like reading the texts of our day too, like caste, white rage, my grandmother's hands, the fire next time, and so many more. It means signing up for anti-racism, bias, about abolitionist workshops. Shameless plug for Tuesday and next Sunday. Organizing means calling, emailing, texting, posting, marching to vote out every elected official who, in the face of sedition and homophobia, xenophobia, violence, and bigotry, still stands on the side of injustice. This is our work. It is also dreaming and imagining, continuing to speak into existence that vision of God's 
kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We are most powerful when we tell the story of who we want to be. So that's the question I have for us today. Who do we want to be? In light of January 6th, in light of 2020, in light of humanity's entire existence, who do you want to be? The events of next month are out of our control. But who we want to be as individuals, as middle church, as a community, as a nation are not. In the first chapter of her book, Cast, Isabel Wilkerson describes one man in particular in a photograph of Nazis in Nazi Germany in 1936. In a sea of hundreds of men, all standing with their arms outstretched, giving the Heil salute to Hitler, there is one man, August Landmesser, who is standing arms folded across his chest, refusing to participate. He was on the right side of history. Despite pressures, despite the life and death consequences of what he was doing, he was on the side of justice. The children's book, Dr. Lee and the Crown-Wearing Virus, tells the story of Dr. Lee Wenliang, the Chinese doctor who was the first to raise the alarm that a novel coronavirus was spreading in Wuhan, who, despite the Chinese government threatening to put him in jail, coming to his house in front of his children and forcing him to sign waivers of silence, continued to warn fellow humans of its dangers because he understood that when one of us is sick, we are all sick. He was on the right side of justice. You don't have to be in the middle of a big sea of people, a doctor at the outbreak of a pandemic, or in some other perceived special place to decide to be on the side of justice. Every moment of every single day, we get to answer that question. When we decide to put on a mask, speak up, when we hear something racist, correct our kids when they reflect harmful societal norms, invest in minority-owned companies, pray, attend a multi-ethnic community of faith that reclaims and reframes Christianity, we are deciding who we want to be and what kind of world we want. We are working. We are doing soul work. And this prophetic moral movement, ripe with revolutionary love and justice, is our absolute best hope. Good morning, Middle. My name is Wesley Rowell, and I am a member a choir member, a, an intern here at Middle Church. Genesis reminds us and Amanda reminded us that the earth was a formless void and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Middle, you are light. Middle Church has been light to me to, and it has enlivened and enlightened my black queerness to a degree that I didn't think was possible. And middle is a light to the world. And I want to invite you to be part of that light. Sign up to become a member. 
It's so easy. You just go on middlechurch.org. You know, I dated Middle Church for about three years before, before Middle put a ring on it. And it's been a really <laughs> amazing marriage full of light. So sign up to become a member today at middlechurch.org. And we really need your light. We need your spiritual gifts. We need your intellectual gifts. We need your artistic gifts. And we also need your financial gifts. So you can donate today at middlechurch.org slash donate. Or you can text your donation to 917-924-4666. Or you, we have Venmo at Middle Collegiate Church is our Venmo handle. Be a part of the light in the world that so desperately needs us. If you've been watching, and I know you have, the news, which is nonstop, you know that that light is needed in the world. Um, I would love for you to join me, join us, and be the light. Thank you so much.
Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you for your gift of light. May our gifts grow your light in us and in the world. In your many names we pray. Amen. Friends, this moment requires all of who we are. Genesis 1 calls us to work, to soul work. Let our work be confessing, repenting, lamenting, celebrating, resting, organizing, dreaming, and being. And know that we are loved by a God who wants nothing more than to illuminate this world with our light. Listen to your body this week. Take care of it. This is soul work. Nothing has worked before. Nothing is gonna work if we don't understand that this is profoundly spiritual soul work that we must do, we're called to do. May we find grace and peace and comfort as we continue the spiritual work of being human, especially when there is nothing and everything to say and do. Amen. <laughs>